Romans 15, 5 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And beloved, this week uh, in chapel, we're going to be unpacking the theme of worship arts, as Sarah mentioned. And uh, the worship arts is an integral part of our spiritual formation and leadership team within student life. And we recognize that uh, just the topic and the theme of worship has uh, a lot of breadth and a lot of depth. And so we, 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 we recognize we're not going to be able to cover everything. Uh, but we want to have uh, this week to, to hear uh, from from. Today from Sarah's heart, from my heart, uh, tomorrow from some, from some of our student worship set leaders, uh, and that'll happen on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday will be a little bit of, of kind of a break from the theme, it'll be our, our living space chapel, so you'll be gathering according to wherever you live. So if you're on campus, uh, be talking, you'll be meeting with your ID in various locations. If you're a commuter, you'll be meeting in this room and uh, hearing a message on community from Olivia Holloway. Don't want to miss that, that's going to be awesome. And then Thursday, uh, we're going to have a, a time in prayer chapel of just encountering, experiencing multiple ways and a variety of ways that we can worship the Lord in prayer. And then Friday, we'll have our praise chapel uh, as we celebrate by singing, led by our student worship band for the first time this year. And so, um, so I'm excited to, uh, you already know her well, but to introduce uh, again Sarah to share, uh, to continue our time and talking about just the heart, the mission, the vision behind worship arts and the Worship Arts Collective here at Northwestern, and what that looks like and how that's woven through every chapel we have and through various other areas on campus. So uh, Sarah is a dear sister in Christ. I'm honored and blessed to serve with her. She serves with such passion and humility. And so uh, would you welcome over here now from the piano to the podium, uh, Sarah Larson. Well, this is unique for me. I'm used to leading through music and not as much through speaking, and this is scarier for sure. So I also feel very small at this podium and on this stage, so it'll be what it will be today. Uh, but I'm really excited to get to share some about specifically what Worship Arts is here at Northwestern and kind of share some of the vision about uh, what that is that we do here, but then also just worship in general, what we uh, believe that is and how to approach that. Um, and so I'm super honored to get to be here um, in this role, in this place. Uh, I grew up, I uh, didn't grow up as a student here, but I was a student here uh, for a season and uh, a big part of what I learned about leading worship happened here, being a part of the student worship teams. And so to get to be back here and to uh, continue some of that, help develop some of that is just a real blessing. So it's really exciting for me. Um, so last year was when the worship arts Collective really started in a uh, intentional formation and, and really trying to create even staffing around that and what it would look like. Um, and so this is still kind of a newer program and it's fun to get to be developing that and helping shape it. Um, but one thing this over the summer as I was thinking about what worship arts is, I was trying to think, uh, we always talk about how Chapel is not church, Northwestern is not church, and so the places that I engage in leading worship a lot is church. And so what what is different about what we do here at Northwestern than how we worship at church? Are there differences and what should that look like? Um, and one thing that, that came to me is that at a church, a lot of times you will go somewhere and they'll have a more specific, like this is 
our, our body, our group of believers, this is how we express worship. And there is a more concentration of we're together. We have this unified image of what it looks like. Um, and while the substance uh, is always the same, so Justin will talk about this a little bit later too, we're always glorifying God. That is what worship is, and that's what it will always be, and what it should be is glorifying God. And that stays the same. But there's different ways of how it looks. And so thinking about that for here at Northwestern, a part of what worship arts is, is helping us to explore and celebrate different styles of worship. So we're not gonna ever get up on stage and be like, this is what it looks like as far as um, aesthetics or as far as musical style or as far as uh, specific artistic expression, this is worship. What we want to do here is create a space where we're getting to look into all the different nuances and see how different cultures, different people, different personalities respond to God through worship so that as we're here, we're at a school, we're learning, and this is a part of that. So we get to learn about what worship is together. So as you see uh, student worship teams leading, they're gonna have different styles. They're gonna have different approaches to things. They're gonna have different things that they focus more on, that they're more passionate about, different ways that they uh, do things through music, different ways that they say things, all that. It should be different, and that's a good thing. I think um, I learned recently, and I've been continuing to learn, that it is um, really easy to get into a bubble of what worship looks like. Uh, when you go to church here, it just it can get to look very similar. Uh, Justin and I had been joking as we we're talking about this, how even aesthetically, he might talk about this more later too, you can usually point out like, that's what it looks like to be a worship leader. Like there's a vibe that comes with it. And so we want this space to be really, really intentional where we're breaking some of those molds so that we can see uh, the bigger picture of who God is. Because I believe this with all of my being, no one person can express God. And I believe that no one expression of worship can paint the whole picture. And so we need each other. We need each other's different styles. And so that's what we want to do here at Northwestern is kind of paint those pictures um, of what different expressions are so that we can see different facets of who God is in that. Um, so with that, um, we do need student involvement with that. Uh, so part of it is I, as a part-time staff member, cannot just create the diversity we want to express or just look and be like, you look like someone who probably has a different style of worship. I'm gonna like hand select you. We want people to be stepping forward with things and say, I have learned who I am. I have this thing about the way that I worship God that I haven't seen displayed yet. And we would love for you all to step forward. Um, so I'll make that plug again. We would love student involvement in that. Um, the other thing mentioning in that is we have, so the Worship Arts Collective is not supposed to be or intended to be the entirety of worship on campus. So we create this program so that we have intentionality to develop students who are interested in leading worship, uh, to create consistent programming for these spaces where we have uh, worship happening at chapel or different things. But the Worship Arts Collective is specifically what is the spiritual formation and leadership team's initiatives of worship. There should be and will be other worship that is happening outside of that. And that doesn't have to come just from us. So uh, Unite for More event happened this past uh, Friday, I think it was Friday night, Thursday? Thursday, it happened on Thursday. And that was a group of students who wanted to create a worship night. Um, they connected with some of the students who are part of the collective, but it doesn't have to be our thing. So I just even wanna say that, so if any of you are thinking either you auditioned and you didn't get into the collective or you have a passion you didn't audition and you're not sure if you wanna be able to use it, there should be worship happening on campus that's not owned by us, and we want that to happen. So just wanted to say that as well so that you all know um, 
as we talk about worship, we don't want it to be limited to this one exclusive group. There should be multiple things happening on campus. Um, but as we think about what that is uh, that we're doing, worship, uh, I have one thing that I've grown to be really passionate about with that is I think we hear in Christian settings a lot of times, people will talk about everything is worship. Um, everything that we do is worship when we're responding to God. Um, and I'll be honest, I challenge that thought a little bit. So not everyone might agree with me, but I don't think everything is worship. Because when we look in the Bible and we see uh, how that, that language is used, what worship means, uh, the different things that it translates to is to fall prostrate, to pay homage to, to kiss the hand of. It's a very intentional act. And so I believe worship has to be intentional. There is no passive worship. There's worshipful acts that I think are passive because we reflect the image of creator God. We have his spirit in us as we move in ways that demonstrate who he is. That is worshipful, but the actual act of worship is intentional. And what I love in all these pictures too, in, in the even definitions, falling prostrate, uh, kissing the hand of, it is moving a physical posture. Um, and not to say that worship means the physical, like you always have to raise your hand, ultimate worship is hands over the head. Not that type of posture, but uh, a heart posture. If we are truly worshiping God, it will change our posture because what it does is worship is giving God glory. It's painting a picture of who God is in truth, lifting up the name of Jesus, describing his glory, lifting it up to him. And as we do that, what it does, even as you're seeing right now, my hand is above me and I'm like kind of naturally like ducking under it a little bit. Like that's what it does to our hearts is we lift up Jesus and realize more of him, less of me. We, we submit ourselves under him in worship. And that is active. It's not passive. That has to be an intentional thing. Um, so it doesn't just mean that it happens through singing songs. Uh, it happens through the way that we respond to things. Because even we have worship time, we cannot be worshiping in worship. If we're just standing there, uh, and all of us have been there, so this is not judgment on anyone, but those moments where we just stand there and we're going through the motions, those can be moments where what we think is worship may not be that intentional, active participation in worship. Um, and I, I'll be honest, man, okay, I'm really passionate about worship. This is what I do in a lot of different areas. And uh, I just believe that we have a, a tendency to cheapen what worship is because we get to do it so much and it's such a good thing that we get to do it so much but it can become so um, commonplace that we forget what we're doing when we're worshiping when we're singing when we're glorifying God is we're lifting up the name of God like God this this big God that we say is so good, so holy, so worthy, so exalted, and we can do that with such passivity. And this is, this is coming from a personal place of I've experienced in myself those moments where I have sang a song that's like saying these powerful things about God and I like don't think about it. I'm not realizing what it is. Um, and I just, I get convicted when I think about other places and other cultures and other countries where um, it's not common to get to worship and they will just oh they will just do anything to get to a space where they have an opportunity to be in a room this size with multiple believers who get to declare the glory of god like this is something that we have a tendency to take for granted but oh my goodness what a privilege we have that we get to do this almost every day as a community together um 
that was a little bit of a soapbox that actually wasn't on my notes, but I just really get passionate about this. Like, I really believe that when we are intentional with what worship is, that it changes us. And I think it's, it's far too easy to not be intentional. So that's just something for this year. That's one of my prayers is that as we um, have student leaders that are approaching the leading of worship, that it will be just covered in intentionality. Every song selection, every scripture reading, everything that we're doing is intentional to paint a picture of who God is, to lift up his name, because that's what this is all about. Um, so we talk a lot about music uh, and what that is in worship and singing and those songs. And Justin's gonna talk in a little bit more about this, about the call that God has given us specifically to sing and for music to be a part of that in some way. Uh, but what we believe here at Northwestern is that there is uh, more than just music as an expression of worship. And so what makes it unique, I believe, is that there's something about singing that's just an easier um, accessibility to do corporately. Uh, whether you have a good voice or not, we all have a voice, and so we're all able to participate together. Um, a lot of different expressions can be more individual styles of worship, so someone who uh, paints and, and expresses worship through art in that way, or someone who writes spoken word or poetry or things like that, or, or dances, those things might be more individual styles of worship. But what we wanna do here at Northwestern is create a space where um, individuals can come here and they can share their individual style of worship. And then corporately, what we do is we respond. So our response can be that piece of worship and what happens corporately. So if someone was up here uh, dancing and was expressing to God worship through dance, uh, we could all dance with them. We could do that, that would be cool. <laughs> but if we're not doing that, our heart posture and what happens in seeing someone else glorify God and processing, wow, they are so physically moved by the glory of God, what is that? Wow, our God must be so good that this person literally like is, hopefully in a cool way, like flailing their body around and like being so moved by the glory of God, by his goodness, by his faithfulness, by his love. And as we then together respond to someone sharing their individual style of worship, that's what we want this space to be able to do so that it's not just happening through the music, uh, but that there's also these different expressions that are able to happen and for us to see a different side of who God is in the way that his, his children express themselves to him. Um, so that's, that's another thing that we want to be able to happen here. The response uh, sometimes is, is the part that's worship. It may not just be the act, it might be how we respond to seeing something. Even in chapel, as you all sit here uh, and you hear speakers and you hear different messages, the way that you respond can be worship. If your response is awe and glory and wonder and who God is, that is worshipful, and so that's the type of space we want to create here with pulling in different expressions and different styles of worship. Um, but another thing then with that that I, my hope is that happens here at Northwestern through the worship arts and, and all the things we talk about and the things that we do is I really believe that there is a power when we understand the ways that God has wired us in the ways that we want to worship and are drawn to express in the ways that we are drawn to give glory to God. Um, 
Hopefully tomorrow, if you're around and you're at chapel, you'll hear some of our different set leaders talk about some of the different things that they experience when they worship God. And for some of us, for some people, uh, joy in worship is like the big thing. Like it's just so easy to have faith and to enter in and be like, God is so good. And you're reveling in how good God is and how faithful he is in all these positive emotions. And then for others of us, a really authentic form of worship is um, is is that sorrow almost of God I am weak I am so weak and I have all these things going on and I know that you enter into that and you are good and you are faithful but that expression is different um, and so as we enter into this room there might be expressions that you resonate with and see like yes that's worship I feel led in worship this is so great and there might be other moments where it doesn't resonate necessarily with your personal style and wiring and preferences uh, but again, that's part of what we're hoping is happening here at an educational institution is that we're able to grow and learn from other people. So as you see somebody, because this happened to me before, um, I really value authenticity. And so when people are like, every time you see them, you're like, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm great. I'm like, is anyone always great? Is this real? Is that possible? But what I've seen through fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who worship in this constant state of joy is it reminds me God is always good. Like, I may not always feel that, but even this, this friend of mine, this brother and sister who is like in this state of worship, every time they come here, they're like smiling, they're dancing, they're jumping, they're lifting their hands, they want to celebrate. It can change my heart to understand and remember who God is by seeing the ways that other people respond to him. And so that's what we want to happen in this space, whether that's the style of music, whether that's the type of songs that we're singing, whether it's the way we're singing songs even. I think some of us can be really quick to judge who's leading worship on stage based off of like, oh, they smile when they sing, so they like really are a good worship leader. Or like, they raise their hands more, so they're a really good worship leader. Or seeing someone who's a little bit more stoic and it's like, they're good worship leader because some of us are wired to think that the expression and uh, we resonate with that we see that expression and so if you see me like moving talking with my hands I'm wired that way a little bit more so this is coming from again personal experience of seeing people uh, who worship in a more uh, reflective reserved way and I honestly for a long time thought that was lesser worship just being honest, for a while I thought that was lesser. And it's been through being with other people and seeing God in a different way of sometimes that reverence and that focus and that internal processing that they are going through, it's, it's so beautiful the way that they are experiencing God and the way that they're letting their mind be influenced by what is being said and not just emoting everything either. And so that's my big encouragement this year is that whatever is happening here on stage with worship, if it is for the glory of God, if it is lifting up his name, we can learn something from that. We can encounter his presence from that. We can grow in the ways that we worship from that. Um, so those are just some of my thoughts, my hopes uh, for worship and what I really am passionate about with that, what I believe with that. Um, and now Justin is going to come up and he's going to share some more of his thoughts about worship and, and what that looks like here at Northwestern. Well, I recognize we made a mistake in uh, planning to share a stage with Sarah. Man, you should have just kept going, sister. That, oh, that was good. That was good. Um, I, I'm so grateful, and it's hard, hard to follow that. But I just to, to share a few thoughts. Um, and by the way, you don't want to leave early today because we're going to spend some time doing that and glorifying uh, God together with one voice. And so uh, just, just hang tight for the next uh, uh, 10 minutes or so. 
And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about that Sarah alluded to is that when we talk about worship and worship arts in particular, what that looks like here, and this is anywhere, um, is that there's kind of two, two categories that relate to one another, um, but there's a tension between the two, and that's, that's the difference between, between form and substance. And form is really what's external. It's, it's what's seen, it's what's heard, it's what's perceived by our senses. So this could be the voices singing, this is the instruments that are playing, the lights, the stage, the layout, the song arrangement, the musical style, the cool uh, uh, skinny jeans with the cut at the knees, okay? It's, it's whatever it is, the form, it's the outward appearance. And let me, let, me, let me emphasize, this is important to be sure, but it's not as important as substance. And substance in contrast to form is what is internal. It's what is unseen. It's what's perceived with the eyes of our heart, with faith. It's about our heart motivation. It's what's happening at the soul level. So the realm of form is what houses our preferences, and the realm of substance is what houses personhood. And so we need to have a tension. In the tension, we need to seek to leverage a variety and a diversity of forms in order to magnify and exalt the substance of our worship, which is Jesus. And I like to illustrate it this way, and our heart for worship arts at Northwestern is to develop, equip, and multiply chocolate lover worshipers. Here's what I mean by that. I love chocolate. Anyone with me? Okay? Here's the thing. If you were to hand me a piece of chocolate, I'm gonna look at what the form is just very briefly, but I'm gonna get to the substance of the matter. I don't care what the form is. If it's, in the sh if it's in the shape or the form of the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, the Eiffel Tower, or Screech the Eagle, okay? As long as what I'm sinking my teeth down into is chocolate, that's what I care about, right? And so that we would become a people and a generation that, that we don't allow form to divide us, that we don't allow form to distract us, but rather that we focus on the substance in such a radical, supernatural way that it actually it unites us. So that worship is it's an inside-out action, that we cannot work from the outside in. We cannot fake it till we make it. Rather, we worship our way into worship, focusing primarily on the substance and secondarily the form. But yet we tend to make judgments, as Sarah was alluding to, on, the, on substance based upon a person's form. A slide's going to come up on screen. Here's what I mean by this. Have a little bit of fun. It's football season. And uh, I wanted to give you the official worship signals, um, non-denominational official worship signals. So you see there on the left, I hand calendars, rookie all the way to expert. Okay? And, uh, and so we got the little elbow, we got the carry the TV, the flat screen. My fish was this big or this big. Um, hold, hold, hold my baby, Mufasa. All right? We got, now here's the thing, it's funny. You look around the room and you see these, don't you? Right? And we tend to look at these and say, this action with my hands in my pocket, with my elbows going, right, is not, is not spiritual, and this is more spiritual. Whether that's touchdown or field goal, and Vikings didn't see that, that, that motion a whole lot yesterday, unfortunately. Um, I love the Vikings, though. Don't stay, stick with me. Stick with me. Here's, here's the point, though is that as we have, look at these different uh, worship positions, I just think it's curious that these are headless. Right? Um, it's funny that so the worship is not about feelings and outward expression to the neglect of our mind. Rather, it's a response of the whole person. And you can take that down, otherwise I'll get distracted too. But worship defined, worship defined as this. Worship is the response of all that I am to the revelation of all 
that he is. The revelation of the substance of our worship, which is Jesus, will always require a response. And this brings to mind Jesus' words to the woman at the well in John 4, 22-23. He says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship him. Now, just a few thoughts on those two verses. One, worship. Everyone is a worshiper. It's not a matter of if you worship, but rather who, what, and how you worship. In fact, the old, uh, the, our word, English word worship comes from the old Middle English word worth-ship. Whatever you ascribe ultimate worth to, and everyone does that. Everyone is a worshiper. Secondly, worship is all about relationship with the one that you are worshiping. It's not about going through motions and ritual out of a sense of religious duty. In other words, it's substance, relationship over form or ritual. And thirdly, we have to be dependent on God himself in order to worship rightly. See, we must worship, Jesus says, in spirit and in truth. And so worship apart from the spirit is hypocrisy. And worship apart from the truth is idolatry. It takes a work of the spirit for us to worship with authenticity and integrity. The truth is God's action of revealing himself in the world and through his inspired word and the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates the truth to us, to understanding and conviction so that we can respond rightly. And beloved, at the end of the day, our only enduring motive of worship is that God is worthy to be praised. And let me conclude by, by, by saying these points. Let me just give, uh, state the, the obvious here of the fact that one of the most common expressions of our worship in our experience across cultures, across time, is singing. And there's good reason for that. And so I want to I just conclude by giving five ways that we can sing with substance in our worship with Jesus, and then we're going to do that no matter what the form is. And so the first is that God commands it. God commands it. And if I can find my spot here in my Bible, let me just read a couple verses here. I love it. Uh, Psalm 95, 1. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. I love it that we often think of a joyful noise of the one who's singing who can't sing. That's not necessarily the case, but thank goodness it is. I also wonder, is, is there a sense if someone doesn't have a good rhythm, can they make a joyful rhythm unto the Lord? I believe, yes, you can. Psalm 96, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 98, 1, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And Psalm 101, verse 1, I will sing of the steadfast love and justice to you, O Lord. I will make music. And then lastly, Psalm 108, my heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. So God commands it. Remember, his commands are not burdensome, but they're the words and the actions for us to live by and to live abundantly by. So in singing, we elevate what we love and we make it known to others. And God is worthy alone above all else to be the substance of our songs. Secondly, singing trains our minds to think biblically. Singing trains our rote memory to house the truth so that the Holy Spirit can bring it out to bear in our circumstances. Singing shapes our mind and good theology gets ingrained in our minds through music. Putting theology to rhythm and rhyme will help our faith endure the test of time. 
Thirdly, worship is warfare. Sometimes the best thing to do when you don't know what to do is worship. Look up 2 Chronicles 20. We see King Jehoshaphat being attacked by an army that he is outgunned and outnumbered by. And he sends his worship team into the battle line. After saying, Lord, we do not want to know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And the worship leaders of Judah enter into the battle line singing, uh, singing this. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever and the Lord takes care of the rest. Fourthly, singing shapes our view of God and nothing is more important than our view of God. It fixes our eyes on what really matters, reorders our love, and resets our perspective. Singing will scatter the seed of the gospel over the soil of our heart and in due time reap gospel fruit. And then lastly, singing is a means for us to walk wisely and in the continual filling of the Holy Spirit. We read in uh, uh, Ephesians 5, and as I close with this, uh, Sarah's going to come back up and we're going we're gonna to sing together. So Ephesians 5, Paul says, if you want to walk in wisdom, and if you want to walk being a spirit-filled life, he says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, that is self-destruction, but be filled with the Spirit. That verb, be filled, to be keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, then has four parsables. In other words, four other verbs that participate in that main verb. And guess what he says? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So beloved, as we sing and as we close our time, let's sing with substance and glorify God together with one voice. So if you want to stand, if you want to kneel, however position and posture you want to take, let's go to God's throne of grace and worship Him as one who is worthy, who is alone worthy of our praise.